Hey everybody, Posing the Matrix, how you doing? Uh, <clears throat> last week we talked about uh, other dimensions, we talked about portals and things like that. So uh, this subject we're going to talk about tonight. Hold on, folks. This subject we're going to talk about. Ah, oh, Marona, me. Okay, here. Okay, that problem solved. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we talked about other dimensions, portals. Um, tonight we're going to talk about strange disappearances, and we're going to talk about um, random staircases way out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So, let's get started with this thing, okay? So, let's see. <laughs> made notes. Had to crumble them up, but made notes anyway. <laughs> you know, I became interested in this subject a long time ago when I was, um, used to watch Twilight Zone when I was a kid, okay? And one of the Twilight Zones that freaked me out the most was one where, I don't know, remember the name of it, but it's one where um, this guy hears his daughter crying, goes into the room and can, can still hear her, but uh, can't see her, okay? And so he finally pins it down to where there's a, an interdimensional hole that's in the wall behind the headboard of the, uh, the bed. And uh, he's able to stick his arm in there and it goes in and he can pull his arm back out. Well, he has a physicist friend that lives next door. You know, those, we all have physicist friends that live next door, you know. It's, um, anyway, he goes uh, next door and gets the guy, and the guy comes around, you know, he's he um, he's able to mark off on the wall where the hole is and uh, notices later on the hole's getting smaller and smaller, so they got to get the girl out of there. Anyway, uh, so the dog jumps in there, the girl's dog, and basically leads the, the, uh, the father to the little girl and gets her out but um, it was a very interesting thing because it was the way they portrayed the, the other dimension that she was in was was kind of creepy you know it was, it was like all distorted and when, when he walked he was distorted and everything else and uh, uh, the uh, the writers and the uh, the people that did this particular Twilight Zone I think were uh, were pretty right on when they were trying to to put this all together to get kind of an idea of what was going on and um, I just realized I never did the uh, the intro so hold on folks let's let's do that and get that out of the way and my plan had been to do a little bit of talk and intro and then uh, and then really go at it so here um, let's get opposing a matrix going here I wish I had a producer. <laughs> Trying to remember to do all this stuff at the same time is uh, a little tedious sometimes. Anyway, um, no use crying over spilled milk. So anyway, that, that episode of um, The Twilight Zone really piqued my interest in this and really got me um, thinking about all this. And um, so... Okay, so he, um, 
they, they got the girl out and everything was fine. And finally the hole closed up forever, you know, and uh, and it was, um, yeah, like I said, one of the better Twilight Zones that was ever put on out there. Okay, so uh, let's see. Tonight we're going to watch some videos like we do a lot of times here. And um, these videos are going to talk about a bunch of things. One of the things they're not going to talk about um, is something called the feral people that, that live out in the national parks. And if you've ever seen a feral cat, a feral cat is a wild cat. It's, uh, it's uh, a little cat, like would be a, normally a domesticated uh, animal, but it's uh, grown up in the wild and it's feral. So it's shy of people. It, uh, its sole purpose in life is to eat, sleep, and, and do all the biological functions that animals do. Um, Hey, how'd you like that? I got away with that without using the other words. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, there are reports of people that have uh, maybe gotten lost out in the woods. Um, and, uh, you know what? So, here's a scenario. A woman gets lost out of the woods. She's pregnant, has a child. Um, but the child's more or less wild, and she has to raise him. And, you know, he's... He, when she passes away, he's a wild man. And, and, but um, either that or, uh, you know, uh, by accident, a little kid gets lost. And uh, if he's small enough, he can fall in with a, a group of animals or something like that. And uh, we've all heard about the boy that grew up with wolves or, or something like that. So um, anyway, uh, there are feral people out there. And feral people aren't really governed by any laws. And... Uh, if they if they size you up and they think that you look like a good meal, um, you might just become one. Uh, so, um, not too many people talk about feral people out in the woods when they talk about all these um, these disappearances and things like that. So, uh, okay, uh, you know what? That's in one of the videos, so I'm not going to get into that. So. Um, and right off the bat, folks, uh, we're going to be watching the video. The last one we're going to watch is, uh, it's kind of like a story hour, but it's real. Okay. And um, the user, or I should say the YouTube user that puts this out, um, the, his, his YouTube name is uh, Wendy Goon, W-E-N-D-I-G-O-O-N. And he also has a second channel under Wendy Gang. So um, anyway, I want to give him credit before before I forget to give him credit. <laughs> so um, okay, so what I'd like to do is uh, since we were talking about strange things in the sky last week, um, portals and things like that, uh, we touched lightly on the the portal in Norway, and. Uh, if you've ever seen it, it, it starts out with a beam and then all of a sudden it just starts getting bigger and bigger and then finally it collapses into a what looks like a black hole. Um, whether it is or not, I have no idea. But um, what you may not know is that there were also vortexes in Alaska, Hawaii, and New Zealand, okay? Now, the way they explain these vortexes away, you know, scientists... You know, they, they can't believe in um, the occult. They can't believe in the uh, spiritual realm or anything like that. So you have to always come up with a, uh, a scientific uh, explanation for things that happen. And one of the things that they're saying about these spirals up in the sky 
even though these spirals are hundreds of miles across in space, okay, uh, what they say is that uh, is that when the um, when so was it Starlink when Elon Musk launches a, a, one of his uh, rockets full of satellites, and um, and it gets up there and it sheds its um, last booster, that when that thing is falling, it's actually releasing. Uh, one guy said air, <laughs> releasing air into the uh, air air with moisture, air with water into the. Uh, upper, way up in the upper atmosphere, uh, if not in space, and that that's what makes that spiral because that thing is turning while it's doing it. Well, I seriously doubt that something that's that small would make a cloud that spreads out hundreds of miles, okay? So that we keep that in mind. Uh, second, um, does that thing have that much water vapor in it to where it's gonna, it's gonna again make a spiral 100 miles wide? And uh, what about the black hole that the thing disappears into, the, the, uh, the spiral? Uh, what makes that? <laughs> okay. Um, so this whole thing about this being a spent booster, um, I, I don't buy it. And another thing that um, what I've seen here in the northern hemisphere, because I, my mother lives in Florida, and I've seen several um, rocket launches from down there. And very rarely... Um, do they launch a rocket to the south, okay? It's almost always to the north, and um, it'll go to the north, and then it kind of, the trajectory takes it over England, and then um, like the northern part of Russia, and then it starts um, starts its orbit around the Earth. And um, so, seeing that one of them, um, supposedly, the one in um, New Zealand was a satellite, uh, excuse me, uh, was a spiral, and um, how did it, did the launch go awry, you know, because really launching from, to the northeast from, um, from Cape Canaveral or Cape Kennedy um, doesn't involve very much, it's, it's north and east, and then you can establish any orbit you want to from there. All you got to do is tweak the launch just a little bit to the right or to the left, and uh, you're going to be going in all different directions, and that's that's what they have to do for these um, these Starlink satellites when they launch them. Um, but <laughs> you're telling me it's got to go all the way around the Earth and wait till it gets to Hawaii or Alaska, even to jettison that <clears throat> that booster? I don't think so. Okay, if you ever watch the launches on online <clears throat> or on TV. You'll notice that um, it only takes maybe 20 minutes um, for it to get into a position where it's maybe above Europe, okay? And by that time, it's going pretty dang fast, okay? And it would shed its its um, booster way before it gets to uh, way before it gets to Hawaii or even New Zealand, okay? Because to get to New Zealand, it's got to go north. It's got to go past the North Pole. I wish I had a map to show you this, but... Um, and then it's got to go all the way around the Earth, all the way around the Eastern Hemisphere, I'm assuming. Make a little bit of a jog, and then uh, around the South Pole, and then back up. And by that time, that, that thing has been jettisoned long before that, okay? That last uh, booster. And... and <laughs> When I say booster, I'm talking about a, a portion of the, 
the rocket, um, usually they come in two or three portions, and those are called um, <laughs> they're called a bunch of things, but um, they're called boosters. Uh, not to be confused with the uh, the jab booster that everybody or a lot of people are getting, and uh, and uh, which will lead to their demise. But um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's it's way up there by the time that it's. <laughs> And have you ever noticed, if, I don't know if you watch these things, I do, when that first stage comes down, it doesn't come down tumbling, it doesn't come, it doesn't circle like this, for the most part it comes straight down, you know, um, until it gets to a certain point, then they fire the rockets and it keeps it from crashing into that, um, that flat ferry that they have out there that picks it up. Um, so, since that since that booster comes down uh, at a certain angle and, and a certain speed and it comes down straight why does why do the other boosters have to you know <laughs> go awry according to what they have to say okay um, no I don't buy it I'm sorry uh, these things are something other than uh, SpaceX rocket boosters and and again we've been watching rockets you know I when I was a little boy, you know, they, they started really launching rockets into space. Not, not just uh, the Mercury, Gemini, Apollo act, uh, programs, but also military satellites, communication satellites. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, those things were really starting to get going. And so it's, uh, you know, to say that those things are, are new and have never been seen before, um, because I know the first thing, there are so many people out there that like to um, like to prove things that are right or you know or wrong or write the wrong things that are out there that if in the past those things had made the spirals that somebody would get on there and say yeah you know that's that's normal and stuff but um, when I have people at observatories telling me that who don't don't know really a darn thing about the space launches uh, except for what they've read and um, and I have other people that are telling me the same thing that really have no practical knowledge of what's going on. I have to start thinking to myself, you know, no, there's something not right here, okay? So um, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and I want to play um, a few videos, actually three or four of them, yeah. And the last video I'm going to play is kind of long, so, so I'm saving that for last. <laughs> Sorry, I got four hungry dogs over there, <clears throat> and they're all cranky right now. Um, so let's go ahead, and uh, I'm going to play the Norway Vortex first. It's the most um, distinct and clear that I can think of. So let's let's go ahead and play that, and then we'll uh, work back towards uh, that back towards the beginning. How's that sound? some of the greatest problems faced by mankind. But its reputation for achieving the impossible also creates unease among those who do not trust the United States government. On December 9th, 2009, the people of Norway are preparing for the historic arrival of President Barack Obama. 
but for the inhabitants of one northern town, the day will be remembered for a very different reason. It's just before sunrise, people are getting ready to go out and take the kids to school. Suddenly they see a strange light rising in the east behind the mountain. News of the weird light in the mountains spreads fast. People were running around asking each other, what the hell is this thing? As the stunned residents look on, the phenomenon morphs from a simple glowing beam into a twisting vortex of light. Within a few seconds, a giant spiral hundreds of miles wide dominates the pre-dawn skies. Witnesses are still trying to understand what they're seeing, when without warning, it disappears. As people watch this amazing sight, suddenly a black hole appears in the middle and swallows the entire apparition. It's one of the most incredible things that the people had ever seen. Dozens of videos and photos of the sighting soon emerge from witnesses as far away as Sweden. It becomes known as the spiral anomaly. Many observers declare this event an elaborate hoax. No natural phenomenon could create such a perfect shape in the sky. But as more and more eyewitness accounts emerge, it soon becomes clear this is a genuine mystery. One theory emerges that the spiral could be nothing more than an extreme form of aurora borealis or northern lights. If you lived in Norway, you're used to seeing shimmering curtains of green and pink in the sky. You're not used to seeing a big spiral in the sky. People in Norway know what the northern lights look like. This wasn't it. With natural phenomena ruled out as a possible cause, Norwegians start to suspect the involvement of Russian military forces across the nearby border. Russia flatly denies all knowledge of any strange cloud or beam of light. So that begs the question, what the heck is this thing? NASA tackles some of the greatest problems faced by mankind. But its reputation for achieving the impossible also creates unease among the um, <clears throat> one of the things that I found kind of interesting in there, um, and again, the guy says, well, the, the spiral goes up there and it's spinning and it's spinning and all of a sudden it gets uh, sucked up or absorbed by a giant black hole. So if it's Elon Musk launching, launching SpaceX um, satellites, um, is he launching black holes too? <laughs> okay. Um, and that's the that's the one compelling <clears throat> and the one damning evidence that it's not Elon Musk launching things into space. It's something else. Okay, definitely something else. And like like the video said, um, <laughs> the the Swedes and the Norwegians are used to seeing strange things in the sky, like the aurora borealis. You know. Oh, imagine being a kid and growing up in Norway and being able to watch the aurora just about every night. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful thing that would be. <clears throat> but then you'd, I'd have to eat lots of fish, and I don't like fish. So anyway, uh, uh, so, yeah, so the, the explanations that they came up with are bupkis. Really, they are. And um, to try to 
to try to think that people are stupid enough to believe that you know it's uh, come on give us a little credit folks give us um, some sense of uh, intelligence which we do and we are endowed with uh, a great deal of intelligence actually and don't treat us like we're little kids that you know science the trouble with science or one of the many troubles with science is that they they think we're little kids and they they try to act accordingly when they're explaining things no i want it down and dirty sorry i don't want it candy coated and uh and lies okay all right so we watched the norway one uh what i'm going to do is as i go along i'm going to get rid of these that way we don't have to uh <clears throat> all right so one of these things shows up in alaska okay so let's look at this this i think is the only video i could find uh that actually shows um this this thing going on in alaska or at least mentions it okay here we go There is a fascinating spiral seen after midnight in the skies across the state, and that has been the talk of social media today. Don Hampton, research associate professor at the University of Alaska Fairbanks Geophysical Institute, told Alaska's news source this phenomenon appears to be rocket engine exhaust from a SpaceX Transporter 7 mission. That mission began with a late Friday night launch from Southern California, adding another 51 satellites to the Starlink network. Hampton also says water vapor in the exhaust from the second stage engine freezes and catches high altitude sunlight, effectively glowing and creating the spiral light galaxy display. Pretty remarkable indeed, especially one of those videos, just how that spiral just kind of like looks like big propellers out there. Pretty, pretty. There is a, a valid one. If it's um, water vapor that freezes in the upper atmosphere, that's not going to go away real quick, right? Um, and I do realize that the, the video was sped up to, sh to show. So, but anyway, if there's no wind in space and there's no movement in space, um, then how come this thing just didn't remain there for six hours? And, and I do realize that the rotation of the Earth is going to cause things to move. Okay, I, I get it, but... Um, even as they showed it progressing, it was fading. Okay, and it just faded too fast for my, my liking. So, um, anyway, the, the water vapor theory, <laughs> um, in my estimation and in um, my opinion, is um, bupkis just like the last one. Okay, now one of these things showed up in, um, in Hawaii too. And uh, one of the neat places in Hawaii that if I ever went there, I wouldn't go there for the beaches or, or whatever. I would go there to go up to that observatory on the Big Island, <clears throat> and uh, and just stay there one night and, and check out all the uh, all the stars and everything. That that would be my uh, a successful trip to Hawaii in my estimation. So, um, but this is shot from there, and it'll show you'll see the the vortex again uh, opening up and. Um, and you remember, folks, last week, um, I don't have it here anymore. I wish I did, but uh, I showed a video of a supposed UFO going into a, into a portal and disappearing, and then the portal shuts down. But did you notice that 
it seems that these portals have to go in, in a circular fashion. Now, I think that, well, we'll have to look when we watch this, but um, I think they turn in um, counterclockwise uh, rotation. So uh, that's another thing that we, if we really wanted to, we could um, check out because it might have something to do with the Coriolis effect of the Earth or something. But um, so let's go ahead and look at the one in Hawaii and uh, see what we can get out of that, okay? as big as I'd like it would have liked it to have been but um, it uh, you could actually see it forming but did you notice it took a while to form now if that thing is jettisoning, jettisoning if it's going to jettison a, uh, a booster do you think that's going to take as in that as long as it took now bear in mind if you looked at the video maybe we'll watch it again so you can see but you can see airplanes flying back and forth all over the place down in a lower atmosphere, which, you know, I think 40,000 feet is as low compared to as far up as the atmosphere goes. But um, so you can see those. So you can tell that um, that picture, that uh, that video of, is actually recording something that happened in space um, over the, the period of several minutes, maybe uh, maybe even into a half or, or three quarters of an hour. OK. Yeah, let's watch it again. Just uh, check out the airplanes down at the bottom because they're going to look like little lights. Uh, well, they are. Uh, they're little lights that go back and forth. And uh, and if you've ever watched an airplane traverse the sky, you know, like just looked up and saw an airplane with contrails or chemtrails, um, <clears throat> you know it takes a while for it to get from where you first can see it to where it disappears way behind you, okay? So if that takes five minutes, uh, figure that every one of those planes that's going across is uh, basically five minutes, and uh, and you're going to realize how, how much this movie has been slowed down so we can see what's uh, going on up there. So anyway, I'm going to play that one again just so we can see, okay? Oh, hey, um, hey, um, Shield Mater for Christ is here, folks. Uh, in the chat room, which is open on Rumble, if you want to get on there and, uh, and start a conversation, that would be awesome. Uh, good to have you here, Shield Maiden for Christ, and uh, and I agree, it's not normal. <clears throat> so, anyway, let's see. Yeah, let's watch this again, and just just to get an idea. So there it is. 
got to see it. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to say goodbye to that video. Okay. All right. Like I said, that, that would be an awesome place to watch anything from <laughs> that observatory. Okay. There we go. That's better. Okay. So, uh, let's go ahead and, um, <clears throat> and look at the last one in New Zealand. Okay. And uh, you're going to hear again that it was spent rocket fuel or whatever. And, uh, but uh, we, can, we kind of have an edge on their explanations, right? So, okay. Let's go ahead and watch this one from New Zealand. Hey, everybody. Just came across another interesting article. Uh, this one here is from Newsweek, posted on June 20th, 2022. Stargazers in New Zealand have spotted a strange spiral light in the night sky, with many flocking to social media to discuss the mysterious light show. The spiral formed over the South Island at around 7.30 p.m. local time on Sunday and was seen by people in Queenstown and Montica, according to the New Zealand Herald. Eyewitnesses say that the spiral wasn't stationary, rather it was drifting northwards. Alasdair Burns, a stargazing guide and photographer at Twinkle Dark Sky Tours on Stewart Island, told The Guardian it looked like an enormous spiral galaxy just hanging there in the sky and slowly drifting across. It looked like a planet or star, local Augustine Matthews told news site stuff. It was just a white dot with a tiny spiral and within 10 minutes it had traversed half the sky and the spiral had grown three times in size. It wasn't blinking or twinkling and it was moving fairly fast. Many people on social media speculated that the true cause of the spiral might be extraterrestrial in nature. One commenter joked that it was a premonition from our orbital black hole, with another saying that it was aliens at it again. As ever, the truth is slightly less exciting than our imaginations, according to Richard Esther, a University of Auckland physics professor, the spiral was caused by a rocket exhaust plume being lit up by the sun. When the propellant is ejected out the back, you have what's essentially water and carbon dioxide that briefly forms a cloud in space that's illuminated by the sun, Esther told the Guardian. The geometry of the satellite's orbit and also the way that we're sitting relative to the sun, that combination of things was just right to produce these completely wacky looking clouds that were visible from the South Island. Once the Falcon 9 rocket's upper stage is released, it spins and vents leftover fuel as it falls back toward the atmosphere, creating the characteristic spiral that the New Zealanders saw from below. The fuel is vented as it falls to prevent it exploding closer to the ground, which might result in debris showering over populated areas. The New Plymouth Astronomical Society posted to Facebook that SpaceX's Global Star 2 FM15 was likely to have passed New Zealand around that time. 
similar patterns have been seen in the sky in the past in different locations like the one spotted earlier this year in Hawaii and Oklahoma and in East Africa in 2018. All of these were shown to be caused by SpaceX launches too. So I don't know guys, it just seems like if it's not swamp gas then it's exhaust plumes and SpaceX now. But with all the renewed interest in the UFOs and aliens and things of that nature, uh, especially in the mainstream now, uh, it seems like the strangeness is ramping up more and more each day. So uh, go ahead and check out the video here at the end and uh, let me know what you guys think and I'll talk to you soon. That was pretty interesting, huh? And uh, again, they explained it away as uh, <clears throat> the uh, Falcon 7 or Falcon 9. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. Um, Starlink uh, booster <clears throat> that was um, dropping off more uh, Elon Musk satellites. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I think these are naturally occurring uh, or supernaturally occurring, maybe as the case may be portals and um, as we saw yesterday or last time we were on and the, the one was above CERN um, you could see an object go right into it um, there's that wouldn't surprise me if uh, in each one of these the Alaska the Hawaii uh, New Zealand Norway um, if they were if there was some kind of uh, vessel or ship that went into that before it closed up so um, Either that, or we're talking about supernaturally. Um, if we're talking that in that manner, um, is it a um, uh, <clears throat> is it a etherical being? Being is it um, uh, a fallen angel going back to their reality from ours? Uh, you know, there's the there are so many other explanations rather than a space. Uh, a rocket from uh, from Elon Musk going up there and making this, and uh, yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> um, fool me once, <clears throat> pardon me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Okay, now we're going to start making a transition, folks. Uh, now that we have shown again that there are devices that can be used from going from one. Um, one reality to another, so to speak, or maybe one dimension to another, or uh, one universe to another, you know, use your own terminology for that one, but, um, uh, so let's, let's look at things, okay, now, the next story we're going to look at, is it's a video of, uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Lake Placid, it's a beautiful place, it's in upstate New York, and it's on Lake Champlain, um, actually, I think it's north of Lake Champlain, and uh, <clears throat> beautiful part of the country, and uh, it's a it's a major ski area. As a matter of fact, I think the Olympics in 1960 or 62 or something like that um, were held there, and uh, it's the Winter Olympics that is, and um, beautiful area. Well, it's not too far away from uh, from Canada. I mean. <laughs> probably maybe a half hour, 45 minute drive, and man, you can cross the border, border right into Canada. 
uh, I did that with my uh, family. Um, my stepfather and mother and sister and, and somebody else too. I think my stepsister went too. But uh, back in the, um, the early 70s, and um, which was a very interesting trip, but um, <clears throat> to let you know, it's, it's not that far from, from that area to Canada. Well, the guy that supposedly disappears for five days here in the next video was a firefighter from Ottawa and um, was skiing one day and the next day, or actually six days later, um, after an extensive search, they realized that uh, after he called his wife and used a, um, a code word that they had together, um, that this man was in Sacramento, California, my old stomping grounds. And um, anyway, <clears throat> so let's watch this video. And, um, nobody's got an explanation for how he got to Sacramento, and he can't remember anything either. So uh, you find out in a lot of, especially alien abduction cases, <clears throat> that um, these um, these disappearances, uh, a lot of times they get dropped off in the wrong place. I mean, that's a major foopah, though, isn't it? Um, let's see. Oh, uh, before we get going here, we got um, Windsong here. Hi, Windsong. Um, as you can see, Windsong uh, Shield Maiden is with us tonight. And uh, she says, hi, Dave and friends in Jesus. Uh, these spirals are fascinating and confusing. The rocket flume explanation seems a teeny bit possible. Yeah, it is a teeny bit possible. Because they, you know, if, if they said something like... Um, you know, uh, I don't know, pick your excuse. And, you know, if they said something that, again, another thing that was teeny uh, bit possible, and, uh, you know, they, they always put this stuff out there like that. Um, so that, you know, it just, it's just possible enough to where it, it explains it. So, uh, but no, it is, is it, it is a good explanation, and it, it who knows, maybe it, <laughs> That's what it is, but uh, how the plume disappears into a black hole, I have no idea. Um, so getting back to uh, the guy that disappeared um, and then showed up six days later in Sacramento, California, from Lake Champlain, New Jersey, or excuse me, New York, or um, yeah, Lake Placid, that area. Um, you know, it's a little harder to explain. Uh, yeah, you could say that, one, he's lying. He just wanted to go across country. Uh, two, he um, was drugged and taken there. Or he um, really has a real case of amnesia and uh, didn't know where he was from and decided, hey, the first person that picks me up, I'm going with them. Um, you know, there, there are tons of explanations for this one. Um, but there is also the explanation that um, he entered some kind of portal and was either let out or found his way out uh, six days later, six days as we reckon time. Um, as the, uh, the universe where he was reckons time, I don't know. So uh, but six days as we do. And uh, so let's watch this. This is kind of interesting. It's got a lot of people scratching their heads. Here we go. 
How does a man with no ID and no transportation get from upstate New York to Northern California? It's more than 4,500 kilometers as the crow flies, but that is the mystery officials are trying to solve after a missing Toronto firefighter turned up in Sacramento six days after disappearing while skiing near Lake Placid. That's the strange case of Danny Philippitus, the firefighter who was skiing in upstate New York, goes missing, and then six days later is found in Sacramento, California, still wearing his snow gear. I'll get more into his story towards the end of the video, but first to break down how this could happen, similar stories, and tying it together with missing people in national parks, and the theory that it's linked to portals. Now, whether these portals are created in the supernatural realm or in the scientific realm, that's what we'll look at first. First, in the supernatural realm, I want to bring up two Bible passages, and these talk about somebody being taken from the earth and as well as an opening to a realm that we currently don't see. So in 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but God knows. In Revelation chapter 9, we have the angel in the last days comes from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit, opens this pit, and then great smoke comes out of it, as well as entities that were trapped inside of it. So there are two supernatural cases. I'll get into a few more at the end, but there's actually plenty of testimonies of people encountering these strange things in the woods, really, in the middle of nowhere. These phenomenons where they come across a blob or they see this like clear type of figure, something coming in the woods, people sticking their hands in and their feet in. It goes in and disappears and comes out, and there's cases of people who have testified to this and are still around. Of course, we know the scientific realm in many aspects is trying to open portals in many different areas of science. Here's an article from 2019, scientists attempting to open portals to a parallel universe. Here they're talking about watching protons, trapping them in different ways and putting them through mirrors and how it actually changes the time difference on these things. I tried to look up any type of current breakthroughs from that study and of course the only up-to-date article on it is is a fact-checking article saying Tennessee Lab isn't trying to open parallel universe portal even though when you type that in and you look at all the 2019 articles they all talk about that in detail. So this just makes me wonder what did they actually find because it seems as if they're maybe trying to hide something here and again we have to always remember the base level news that we're getting on just like you know the front page of google when you search something is nothing in comparison to what is going on in black budget sites or governments around the world and secret testing facilities and all that stuff they're so far ahead it's why even you know the best airplanes that we're using in war and military are things from like 20 years ago. Now, of course, another arm of the scientific realm trying to get portals and dimensions and things opened is CERN. And even on their own website, they have a section titled Extra Dimensions, Gravitons, and Tiny Black Holes. Of course, many people theorize, and well, even the theory of black holes is that when you get in them and around them, time changes. So this whole thing, or if you're being sucked into it, they believe it could be an opening to whatever, a wormhole or that, if you believe in that whole aspect of it. But this is definitely a scientific device, a scientific experiment where they're trying to play around with these ideas of opening portals, creating black holes, creating wormholes, really doing anything to 
pretty much tear the veil from this realm into the next realm. And they even say on their website, if micro black holes do appear, they would just disintegrate rapidly. But finding more of any of these subjects would be an open door to yet even more unknown possibilities. And this whole talk of portals and the possibility of this being tied to the missing people in national parks just makes me think back to the very strange event of the Norway spiral in 2009. I'll put it up on screen. Of course, they attributed this to a missile launch failure or, you know, the missile went up into the sky and then did its spinning explosion thing. And that's what this is. But this is nothing in comparison when you see this thing in comparison to the many instances that we now have of seeing rockets going up into the sky and doing their whole thing. I'll put up now on screen a video of a SpaceX rocket going up into the sky. Nothing with the symmetry, nothing with this blue thing from ground to air. I mean, there, it's just nothing in comparison to the Norway spiral. That happened, of course, in Norway in 2009 on December 9th. And there was even a spiral that occurred in the sky in New Zealand on June 19th, 2022. Pretty similar in sight. Definitely looks nothing like, again, these SpaceX rockets or whatever going up into space. Who knows with all the scientific stuff going on that they're really trying to do, or again, maybe the spiritually wicked realm breaking through again into our realm, figuring that out as we head towards the days where we know fearful sights will come upon the earth and men's hearts will fail, will fail them for those things coming upon the earth. Now, two more instances of a supernatural connection here that I'll pull from the Bible would be the instance of Elijah was taken up to heaven. This is in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. As they were walking along, talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. So we have this instance, and we also have the instance of Enoch being taken up into heaven as well. In that verse in Genesis 5:24 reads, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So here's two instances, of course, God taking people up to heaven, as well as the first reference in Paul's writing. Of course, we know God is way more powerful than the evil realm, but we know Satan tries to copy everything God does. Even in the last days, the Antichrist will do miracles just like Jesus did. Jesus is the Christ. Then we have the Antichrist. We have the Holy Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then we have the dragon, the Antichrist, the false prophet. I mean, Satan truly tries to copy God in everything he does. And as we move closer to the end times, it seems as if maybe the evil realm, the spiritual wickedness is figuring out how to break through the veil that it's separated in currently. And with these missing people cases, there's a large majority of them that are just, it's just too strange to be, to be explained away in any other way than supernatural. And of course, after everything that Jesus has done in my life and improving himself to be true to me in so many ways, I just have to look at the rest of the world through the biblical lens of what I know to be true. And so trying to discern these supernatural disappearances through the lens of the Bible leads me to look for these connections. Let me know what you think in the comments and if there's any other biblical stories that could in one way relate to just disappearances or portals or something along these lines. I'll end the video with some more clips from the firefighter Danny Philippitus who went missing again from New York. He was on the ski lift. Next thing you know, six days later, he's standing in Sacramento wearing, still wearing his ski gear. So here's those clips. Thanks for watching and God bless. But still at a loss to explain what happened to 49 year old veteran firefighter. Dan uh, basically rehashing everything that you just seen. 
Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Man, can you believe I'm almost on 50 minutes already? 5-0? Okay. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right off the bat here that uh, this next video is about 30 minutes long. Okay. Um, it's a video with a guy telling stories, and it's uh, the stories come from a, um, uh, a uh, search and rescue person that uh, <clears throat> it doesn't really give the, the place where he works, but, um, but it says that um, it, the site this is found on is a Reddit site, okay? A lot of times people on Reddit post these inflated things that... Uh, can or might or might not be true but from the research I've done in the past and and uh, from what he says here uh, so much of it matching up with itself or with themselves um, I tend to think that the stories that are told here are credible okay and the guy is really um, give you a little background he's really in a dilemma he uh, he wants to get the stories out, but he, you know, doing so would get him in trouble with his job. He could lose his job. Um, so he, uh, at peril to losing his job, he um, he does tell uh, several stories here. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and play it, and uh, then we will adjourn, uh, get together uh, and talk about it a little afterwards, and then we'll adjourn, okay? Ooh, adjourn. No, I haven't been to court recently. I really haven't. Okay. Let's see. Before we do that, Windsong says, Speaking of stairways, Jacob's Ladder is a staircase in the Bible. Yes, very good point. Thank you. Let's let's talk about that. Um, Windsong brings up a very good point. Uh, there's a story in Scripture where... Um, and these two stories are kind of actually melded together in the same book, but... Um, in this in this account, um, Jacob, or yeah, who later became Israel, um, if you want to say his name correctly, it's Yaakov. Um, there there is no J in the Hebrew alphabet. So, but um, anyway, uh, I mean, I'm so thankful she brought this up. Um, so he falls asleep, and when he falls asleep, he. Uh, he sees a ladder uh, going from the earth into heaven, and angels are ascending and descending from up and down the ladder. Now, I don't know if the, the term ladder was used because it was an actual ladder or if that's the only thing that he could use um, to tell the story, okay? But um, now what happens is not long after that, if my memory serves me correctly, um, Jacob or Yaakov is confronted by a man, uh, uh, but not a man, okay? And he wrestles with this guy, and um, this guy reaches down at one point and touches Jacob's hip, and it comes out of joint, okay? And <clears throat> Jacob uh, built a little altar there and, and uh, did a sacrifice there because he said there he wrestled with God, okay? So, because he said that right away, and I and I do believe that he wrestled with uh, maybe a theophany, uh, a theophany of uh, of Yeshua or something like that. Um, 
because he says he wrestled with God and he he, um, he claims to prevail uh, I don't see how uh, this character could pop your hip out and, and you prevail but anyway um, very interesting story but um, yeah the, Jacob's letter is um, is often talked about you know, when it comes to uh, interdimensional things and um, I can only imagine what it would be like, you know, falling asleep and then dreaming something like that and and uh, having it be such a vivid dream that there's no way you're going to forget it. And the first thing you're going to do in the morning is run around and tell everybody with ears, uh, if there are people around, to uh, about what happened when you dreamt the night before. So, um, yeah, another example of... Uh, beings from other uh, dimensions or other realities uh, coming into our reality. Now, it's usually uh, different with Yeshua when, when there's a theophany. Yeah, the, theophany. Theophany. Um, is that Yeshua or God, uh, the Father, um, will usually show up with um, in a cloud. Remember when Yeshua was leaving, he said he was taken into a cloud. Um, Elijah was taken into the clouds. Um, Enoch was taken into the clouds. And um, so it's kind of a, that's kind of a prerequisite for, for these encounters where, uh, where humans or earthly beings are taken into heaven. They have to always go. And Jim Wilhelmson speculated, and I think rightfully so, that uh, when when Yahweh comes down or Yeshua comes down and he comes down in the presence of a cloud it's to keep people from basically dying because <laughs> it says uh, scripture says no one will look on the face of God and live okay but if he comes in a cloud you can't see that face and that's cool so um, anyway there's an explanation for that so um, I'm really getting off into the into the other realms here, but um, but I'm I am so happy that Winsong brought that up. Thank you again, Winsong. That what a blessing. Um, and you know there are other instances too. There was um, was it Philip? I think was talking with uh, the Ethiopian eunuch um, on a, on a way. I can't remember where they were, but it's uh, it's in the Brit Britadasha, and uh, it was after the. Um, <clears throat> The, right, the raising of Yeshua from the grave but um, yeah it's this, the uh, eunuchs is, is sitting there and I think he said he was reading the book of Isaiah and they, they said would you like to meet the person that that's talking about well yeah of course you know and he said okay well you know uh, and, and re recounts his, to him all the uh, the history of Yeshua uh, from his birth all the way till when he died and was received up into heaven and, and his resurrection, of course. And it said the man accepted uh, Yeshua as his Lord and Savior right there. Um, but then Philip disappears, and he's found roughly, um, I can't remember, I think it's like 70 miles away. and um, <clears throat> But instantaneous. So he is, he is moved either in this realm or he is taken into another realm and scooted off and then brought back to ours. Um, but... Uh, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. So, um, and I can't think of any others. Okay, 
So let's go ahead and um, get to back to this um, story uh, about search and rescue and about uh, these things called stairs out in the woods. Um, I've, heard, I've read several stories, uh, several different accounts, many, many accounts, and uh, especially with the search and rescue because they're told not to go near them. They're told not to touch them and definitely don't climb them. So um, with that in mind, uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, watch this. Uh, basically, you're gonna, you'll be able to read along, okay? And he's reading the text that, uh, that is on the screen. So if you like reading along, which I do, um, uh, you'll, you'll really like this uh, segment. So let's go here. know at some point it would make sense to invest in an actual candle hello everybody uh, once again we are back for another spooky video and this time it will be a little different i have come down with something uh potentially the coof probably not it might be the coof this one is going to be more of a read-along i'd rather you go in rather blind to what the subject is but i'll have you know it is about the stairs in the woods and more specifically uh, stories relating to a specific search and rescue ranger and his encounters with them. I want to say before I begin, thank you all for watching. Uh, I'll try to get through this with my sore throat and we'll see how it goes. Patreon thanks will be at the end as usual, but once again, just thank you guys for watching. To give some context for this, it is a line of stories told from the Reddit thread, I'm a search and rescue officer for the US Forest Service. I have some stories to tell which the link to the original post will be in the description below, but uh, he talks throughout the story about Wendigos and missing kids cases and other creepy stuff that I may cover in the future, but for now I just want to highlight the parts about the stairs in the woods. So in the first section, it's the first time he mentions it, so I'll just start there. This is the last one I'll tell, and it's probably the weirdest story I have. Now, I don't know if this is true in every search and rescue unit, but in mine, it's sort of an unspoken, regular thing we run into. You can try asking about it with other search and rescue officers, but even if they know what you're talking about, they probably won't say anything about it. We've been told not to talk about it by our superiors, and at this point we've all gotten so used to it that it doesn't even seem weird anymore. On just about every case that we're really far out into the wilderness, I'm talking 30 or 40 miles, at some point we'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods. It's almost like if you took the stairs in your house, cut them out, and put them in the forest. I asked about it the first time I saw some, and the other officer just told me not to worry about it, that it was normal. Everyone I asked said the same thing, and I wanted to check them out, but I was told, very empathetically, that I should never go near any of them. I just sort of ignore them now when I run into them because it happens so frequently. One of my first jobs as a trainee was a search op for a four-year-old that had gotten separated from his mom. This was one of those cases where we knew we were going to find him because the dogs were on a strong scent trail and we saw clear signs that he was in the area. We ended up finding him in a berry patch about half a mile from where he'd been last seen. Kid wasn't even aware that he'd wandered that far. One of the vets brought him back, which I was glad for because I'm really not good with kids and I find it hard to talk to them and keep them company. As my trainer and I are heading back, she decides to take me on a detour to show me one of the hot spots where we tend to find missing people. It's a natural dip in the land near a popular trail and people will usually move downhill because it's easier. We hike out there. 
It's a few miles away, and we get there in about an hour or so. As we're walking around the area and she's pointing out places she's found people in the past, I see something in the distance. Now, this area we're in is about 8 miles from the main parking area, but there's back roads you can take to get closer if you don't want to hike that far. But we're on a state protected land, which means that there can't be any kind of commercial or residential development out here. The most you'll ever see is a fire tower or makeshift, or makeshift shelter that homeless people think they can get away with building. But I can see from here that whatever this thing is has straight edges, and if there's one thing you can learn quickly, it's that nature rarely makes straight lines. I point it out, but she doesn't say anything. She just hangs back and lets me wander over and check it out. I get within about 20 feet of it and all the hair on the back of my neck stands up. It's a staircase. In the middle of the woods. In the proper context, it would literally be the most benign thing ever. It's just a normal staircase with beige carpet and about 10 steps tall. But instead of being in a house, where it obviously should be, it's out here in the middle of the woods. The sides aren't carpeted, obviously, and I can see the wood it's made of. It's almost like a video game glitch, where the house has failed to load completely and the stairs are the only thing visible. I stand there, and it's like my brain is working overtime to try to make sense of what I'm seeing. My trainer comes and stands next to me, and she just stands there casually, looking at it as if it's the least interesting thing in the world. I ask her what this thing is doing here, and she just chuckles. Get used to it, rookie. You're going to see a lot of them. I start to move closer, but she grabs my arm. Hard. I wouldn't do that, she says. Her voice is casual, but her grip is tight, and I just stand there looking at her. You're going to see them all the time, but don't go near them. Don't touch them. Don't go up them. Just ignore them. I start to ask her about it, but something in the way she's looking at me tells me it's best if I don't. We end up moving on, and the subject doesn't come up again for the rest of my training. She was right though, I'd say about every fifth call I go on, I end up running across a set of stairs. Sometimes they're relatively close to the path, maybe within two or three miles. Sometimes they're 20-30 miles out, literally in the middle of nowhere, and I only find them during the broadest searches or training weekends. They're usually in good condition, but sometimes it looks like they've been out there for, month, for months. All different kinds, all different sizes. The biggest I ever saw looked like they came out of a turn of the century mansion and were at least 10 feet wide with steps leading up at least 15 or 20 feet. I've tried talking about it with people, but they just give me the same response my trainer did. It's normal, don't worry about it, they're not a big deal, but don't go close to them or up them. When trainees ask about it now, I give them the same response. I don't really know what else to tell them. I'm really hoping someday I get a better answer, but it hasn't happened yet. In the next story, the search and rescue officer is talking about an interaction that his friend had with the staircase. And the author says this, My buddy has been a search and rescue officer for about seven years. He started when he was a junior in college, and he had a very similar experience when he first encountered the stairs. His trainer told him almost the same thing mine did, which was never to go near, touch, or ascend them. For the first year, he did just that but apparently his curiosity got the better of him, and on one call he broke away from the line and went to go check a set of them out. He said they were about 10 miles from the path where a teenage girl had vanished, and the dogs were following a scent. He was on his own lagging behind the main group when he saw a set of stairs off to his left. They looked like they were from a new house, because the carpeting was pristine and white. He said that as he got closer he didn't feel any different or hear any weird noises. He was expecting something to happen, like bleeding from his ears or collapsing, but he got right up next to them and didn't feel a thing. 
The only thing, he said, that was odd was that there was absolutely no debris on the steps. No dirt, leaves, dust, or anything. And there didn't appear to be any signs of animal or insect activity in the immediate area, which he found strange. It was less like things were avoiding them, and more like they just happened to be in a relatively barren part of the forest. He touched the stairs and didn't feel anything except the sort of sticky feeling you get from new carpet. Making sure his radio was on, he slowly climbed the stairs. He said it was terrifying because the way they'd been stigmatized, he wasn't really sure what was going to happen to him. He joked that half of him expected to be teleported to some other dimension and the other half of him was watching for a UFO to come swooping down. But he got to the top with little event and he stood there looking around. But, he said, the longer he stood on the top step, the more he felt like he was doing something very, very wrong. He described it as a feeling you'd get if you were in a part of a government building that you had no business being in. As if someone was going to come and arrest you or shoot you in the back of the head at any second. He tried to brush it off, but the feeling got stronger and stronger, and that's when he realized that he couldn't hear anything. The sounds of the forest were gone, and he couldn't hear his own breathing. It was like some kind of weird, awful tinnitus, but more oppressive. He climbed back down to rejoin the search and didn't mention what he'd done. But, he said, the weirdest part came after. His trainer was waiting back at the welcome center after the search ended for the day, and he cornered my buddy before he could leave. He said his trainer had this look of intense anger, and he asked what was wrong. You went up then, didn't you? My buddy said it wasn't phrased as a question. He asked how his trainer knew, and the trainer just shook his head. Because we didn't find her. The dogs lost her scent. My buddy asked what that had to do with anything. The trainer asked how long he'd been on the stairs, and my buddy said no more than a minute. The trainer gave him this really awful, almost dead-eyed look and told him that if he ever went up another set of stairs again, he'd be fired, immediately. The trainer walked away, and I guess he's never answered any of the questions my buddy's asked about him since. Now, I don't want to give too much of it away, especially with what comes later, but it is my theory that these stairs in the woods are a sort of interdimensional construct, sort of as if there are different layers or parallel universes existing together, and these stairs sort of act as passageways between them. As we get into more details later, I'll explain how this makes sense, but my idea moving forward is that they're not just not of the woods, but not of this dimension itself. The next story opens with an introduction from the author, which I'll begin to read. The next person I talked to was E.W., a former trainer who now works as an EMT. He still comes to ops like this to help out, but doesn't work full-time for us anymore. He specialized in finding lost kids. He just seemed to have a sixth sense when it came to knowing where they'd gone. He's a legend among the more senior vets, but he gets embarrassed if you compliment him on his work. He sat down with me at dinner one evening, and we ended up swapping stories. Most of them were just casual, but when we got to the subject of weirder calls, I mentioned that I had a buddy who'd gone up a set of stairs. He got kind of quiet and asked me if I heard of a little boy who disappeared from the park a few years back. I hadn't, so he told me this story. They were out looking for this 11-year-old boy, Joey, who'd gone missing near a river. Of course, the first thought was that he'd fallen in and drowned, but when they brought dogs out, they led search and rescue officers away from the river and up into a very densely forested area. When we do searches for people, we search in a grid pattern, and we search every box of the grid incredibly thoroughly. 
What EW's team noticed right away was that the very strange pattern was emerging. Dogs in alternating boxes were picking up Joey's scent, but losing it when they overlapped with another box. If you think of it like a checkerboard, Joey's scent was being picked up in random black squares, but never in red. This, of course, didn't make any sense, because how could the kid bounce from one area to another area without leaving a scent in each place he passed? EW and his partner, EW and his partner pass into a new box of the grid, and EW notice a set of stairs about 50 yards away. He tells his partner that they need to check near it, but his partner flat out refuses. He tells EW that he's made it a point to never go any stairs he sees, and that while it may be routine, he's not to pretend that it's normal. He tells EW that he'll wait inside while EW checks. EW says he was irritated, but he fell for the guy, and didn't push him on the subject. I walked over to the stairs. They were small, kind of like stairs into a basement. I don't feel strongly one way or the other about them, the stairs I mean, so I wasn't scared or anything. I guess I'm like everyone else and I just prefer not to think about them too much. Anyway, I went over and I could see that there was something lying on the bottom step, sort of curled up. My heart sinks, because of course you always hope for the best, and we were confident that we'd find this kid alive because he'd only been missing for a few hours, but I knew right away that it was him and that he was dead. He was curled up in a little ball on the step, holding his stomach. It looked like he'd been in horrible pain when he died, but I didn't see any blood except for some on his lips and chin. I radioed in that I'd found him, and we got his body back to command. That poor family, they were devastated. The parents couldn't understand how he'd be dead, because he'd only been gone for such a short amount of time. And on top of that, we didn't have any obvious cause of death, which just made it worse. I figure he'd probably eaten something poisonous since he was holding his stomach when I found him, but I didn't want to guess. It's hard enough to hear that your kid is dead, let alone have some stupid search and rescue guy guessing about what happened. They took him away and I went home and tried not to think about it. I hate finding dead kids, man. I love this job, but it's one of the reasons I left. I've got two daughters and the thought of losing them that way just... He choked up a little bit here. I'm not great with emotional stuff like that and it's always sort of awkward to see a grown man cry. So I didn't really know what to do. He pulled himself together eventually though and kept going. We don't always hear back from the coroners about cause of death. It's not really our job to know, I guess, and sometimes if they think it's foul play, they won't tell us because of legal issues. But I've got a friend who works for the sheriff's department, and he'll usually pass along any interesting info if I ask. In this case, though, I actually got a call from him about a week later. He asked if I remember the kid, and of course I do, and he says some seriously weird stuff is going on. He tells me, EW man, you're going to think I'm crazy, but the coroner has no idea what happened to this kid. He's never seen anything like it. My friend goes on to tell me that when the coroner opened the kid up, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. The kid's organs were like Swiss cheese. Quarter sides holes were punched clean through just about every single organ this kid had, aside from his heart and lungs. But his colon, his stomach, his kidneys, and even one of his testicles were full of these clean holes. My friend said the coroner described it as if someone had taken a hole punch and punched holes out of everything. They were so neat. But the kid didn't have a scratch on him. No entry or exit wounds. The closest anyone had ever seen was a guy who'd filled himself full of buckshot a year or so back while cleaning his rifle. <sighs> rifle. Okay. 
No one had a clue what could possibly have caused it. My friend asked me if I had heard anything like it or if we did similar cases in the past, but I never even heard of something like that, and I told him I wasn't going to be of any help to him. As far as I know, the coroner determined the cause of death as something like massive internal bleeding, but no one knows what really happened. I've never been able to forget that kid. I have nightmares about it sometimes. I don't let my kids go into the woods alone, and when they go together, I never let them out of my sight. I used to love it out here, but that case and a couple of others just sort of ruined it for me. Dinner was over, so we started to clean up and go back to our cabins. Before we went our separate ways, he put his hand on my shoulder and looked at me really close. He tells me that there's bad things out here, things that don't care if we have families or lives or we can think and feel. He tells me to be careful and he walks away. I didn't have a chance to talk to him again, but that story stuck with me. So here we have a story of a child's organs being essentially stripped away hole by hole, uh, assumedly whenever he comes into contact with the staircase. This goes back to the theory I mentioned before about the stairs being gateways into alternate planes or at least a different realm, sort of where the spirit of the woods and stuff like that come from. The other stories I'm not mentioning detail uh, various cryptids and monsters that our search and rescue officer runs into, so my idea here is that the woods are kind of bleeding over with these supernatural entities, and these stairs may be a way in and out. In our next story, we're going to see more explanation about it, but again, this further supports the idea that the stairs act as gateways. Immediately after the previous story, he leads into another experience that he's had with another search and rescue veteran. By pure coincidence, I got to talk to another vet, PB, who's been in the search and rescue field for years. We were partnered on a grid sweep during a training exercise, and we were chatting casually about how we liked the job, what kind of things we'd seen, and the like. At one point, we passed an old set of stairs, though these were probably from an old fire lookout, given the area that we were in. I sort of casually mentioned that I was curious about the stairs and that I wished I knew more about them. He got kind of quiet and looked like he wanted to tell me something, but wasn't sure if he should. Finally, he told me to turn my radio off. Obviously, this is something we are never ever supposed to do, but I did and he did the same. <clears throat> about seven years ago, he tells me, he was out on a call with a rookie. They were in the area of a park that's had a lot of strange reports and events. Disappearances, stories about lights in the forest, odd noises, things like that. The rookie was totally spooked, kept going on and on about things in the woods, according to PB. The guy wouldn't stop talking about the goat man, just on and on. Goat man this, and goat man that. Finally, I told him that there was plenty else to be afraid of out here that was very real, and that he'd better get over this thing with the goat man. The rookie wanted to know what kind of things I was talking about, and I just told him to shut up and walk. We crested a little ridge, and there was a staircase about 10 yards ahead. The rookie stops dead in his tracks and just stands there looking at them. I tell him, see, that's something you should be afraid of. The rookie asks me what these are doing out here, and for some reason I just open up and tell him the truth, or what I've been told is the truth. I could have gotten in a lot of trouble for doing what I did, and I could have gotten in trouble for repeating it to you but you're a nice kid and I want you to stop looking into this. Quit while you're ahead. So I'll tell you what I know under the condition that you never breathe a word of this to the soups. I told him I wouldn't say a word and he double checked that our radios are off. When I first started out, we were a little less tight-lipped about them and other things that happened out here. We warned people before they were even hired that there was weird things going on. 
I guess the Forest Service was tired of such a massive turnover rate, and they wanted people to know what they were getting into. So they started having people sign these agreements that they wouldn't go to the media about what was going on. The Forest Service didn't want to scare people away, so the last thing they needed were spooked rookies running off to the media with stories of ghosts and haunted stairs. But eventually, they found that the agreements weren't necessary. People not only didn't want to talk about what they saw, but they wouldn't. A few times, media tried to talk to people when kids or hikers would disappear, and no one would say a word. I can't really explain it. I guess we just don't really want to admit anything is wrong. This is our job, and to be out in the woods every single day, we don't need to be spooked. And the best way to avoid that is to pretend like everything's okay. So I'll tell you everything I can think of, and after that, I'm done talking about it for good. And I expect you not to bring it up around me, ever. The stairs have been out here as long as the parks have existed. We have records going back decades describing them. Sometimes people go up them and nothing happens. Other times, look, I really don't like talking about this, but sometimes really bad things happen. I saw one guy get his hand sliced clean off when he got to the top step. He reached out to touch a tree branch and it happened so fast. One second his hand was there, the next it was gone. Completely clean wound. And we never found the hand. That guy almost died. Another time, a woman touched one of the stairs and a blood vessel in her brain exploded. Literally exploded like a water balloon. She sort of stumbled down and came over to me and all she got out was, I think something is wrong with me. She dropped like a sack of flour, dead before she hit the ground. I'll never forget the way the blood leaked into the inside of her eye. Before she died, I watched it turn red. I watched it happen and there wasn't a single thing I could do to help. We warn people not to go anywhere near them, but there's always at least one idiot who does. And even if nothing happens to them, something bad always happens. Kids go missing as... Kids go missing as we're on their trail, sometimes dies the next day, cut in half, completely safe part in the park. I don't know why, but something bad always happens. I don't know exactly what... I don't know exactly why they're out here, but it doesn't matter. They're here, and if we were smart, we tell our new officers exactly what they're capable of. We were both quiet for a little while. I was afraid to talk because I wasn't sure if he was done. He looked like he wanted to say something else. Finally, he spoke up again. Have you ever noticed that you can't find the same one twice? I nodded, expecting him to continue, but he just stayed quiet, walking alongside me. And eventually he started a story about the biggest deer he'd ever seen in the park. I didn't bring up the subject again, and I didn't press him for any more stories. He dropped out of the op the next day. Apparently, he left before the sun came up. He said he was sick. None of us have heard from him since he left. So this further goes into the idea that the stairs themselves are a supernatural gateway. Uh, like the man who reached his hand out and it was supposedly sliced off or went into nowhere could have been his hand going through to another dimension or a spiritual plane. Same with the child who was curled up on the staircase and began sort of dissolving, almost dissolving into another reality. Here we have a slightly shorter update from the author. One of the vets at the training off reads No Sleep and he recognized my stories. He knows me pretty well and we swapped stories before. He asked if he could share something he's noticed about the stairs and some thoughts he had. I'm really glad you decided to share these. I think it's important that people be aware of what's out there, especially since the Forest Service is doing such a good job of covering it all up. I asked him what he meant. What do you mean, what do I mean? The lack of any kind of media attention? No coverage of missing kids or bodies found miles away from where they got lost in the first place? 
David Pauleads hits it right on the head. The Forest Service is doing everything they can to keep people coming here, even if it isn't safe. I mean, to be fair, it's not like these things happen every day. But the numbers add up, and it's worth looking into. Especially the stairs. I was surprised you didn't mention the flipped ones. I didn't know what he was talking about. I couldn't remember him ever even... I couldn't remember him ever talking about something like that. He seemed somewhat incredulous. Dude, I can't believe you've been on this long without seeing them. No one told you about them? I shrugged and asked him to elaborate. Well, there's the normal stairs, the ones that pop up when you're a ways out. I know you know about them, but sometimes I've run across ones that are flipped upside down. I guess it would be like if you had a dollhouse and the stairs were a separate piece. Now take that, flip it upside down so the top step is stuck in the dirt, and put it out in the woods. They're like that. I don't see them as often, but they're odd to say the least. Makes me think of footage taken after a tornado when houses are all blown apart and random things are left standing, like chimneys and garden walls. Those ones freak me out more than the normal ones because I can't really write those off as easily. I don't scare very easily for most of us who work out here, but that idea stuck with me and it bothered me. I'm going to try to find out more about them. So again, this goes into the idea of flipped realities. What is very creepy about this, if you could imagine the upright staircase as being a gateway into a different or separate plane of existence, then what would the upside down staircases be a gateway into? Perhaps one is a gateway in and the other is a gateway out? Or I'm not sure, let me know what you think. In another story, the search and rescue officer is detailing a camping trip he has with fellow officers when he gets to this point. I switched the topic to the stairs a little later and there was a definite shift in enthusiasm. No one spoke up at first. There's a real stigma around discussing them, even when we're away from work. But I broke the ice with a story of my own and the guy who told the story about the faceless man told this one, albeit very quietly. A couple years ago, I was camping with my girlfriend. We were at about two miles from the road at this side I know. We went to bed that night, but we couldn't sleep because... No, it was because we kept hearing that grinding noise. My brother used to grind his teeth in his sleep, and it kind of reminds me of that. My girlfriend was freaking out, but I just kept telling her to ignore it because I've heard it before, and you just have to ignore it. It goes away eventually. You guys know what I mean. We all knew what he meant. So eventually I got her to go to sleep, but I woke up probably two hours later because something was just off. I rolled over and she wasn't there, and I kind of freaked out because he thought for a second and then he took a very long drink. Anyway, I ran out of the tent calling her name, but I didn't have to go far. She was standing at the edge of the camp looking at something in the trees, and I could see she was really pale. The fire was low, but, the bright, but bright enough to see her. Anyway, so I ran up to see what she was going on, and she was dead asleep, but her eyes were open. She had this real spaced out look, you know. So I put my arm around her to lead her back, but she wouldn't move. She just said really quietly something like, I have to go now. Eddie, I have to go. It's here. I was like, you're just sleepwalking, come back to bed, but she wouldn't budge. She kept standing there and saying that she had to go. And I looked where she was looking, and there was a staircase right there about 15 yards away. Gray one, concrete. She started to walk toward it, but I yanked her back, and that woke her up. She looked at me like I was out of my mind, and she asked what she was doing out of the tent. I didn't tell her anything. I just told her she was sleepwalking. The grinding was gone, so she just went back to the tent with me and fell asleep again. 
I don't know, I don't, I just don't like thinking about it, you know? And we all knew. You guys remember that kid with, I can't remember what it was, some kind of brain issue? Not Downs, but something like it. Someone else mentioned. Well, I got to read the report he gave when they found him a week after he went missing, and it was so weird beyond belief. I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt, because who knows what that kid actually thinks is real, but some of the stuff I don't think he could have made up. Like what? Well, first of all, he talked about the stairs. He said he'd been watching his dad build a fire and the stairs came up to him, and he had to go up them or something bad would happen. The cops should... The cops couldn't really understand what he was talking about after that because he just kept saying, like the campfire, over and over. And he kept mentioning sounds, but he couldn't say what sounds, just that it was loud and he covered his ears so he couldn't hear them. But the thing I remember most is that they asked him where exactly he'd gone, and he just said he was right there. He kept pointing at himself, and they said that they thought that meant he'd never left. He said he wasn't scared because the stairs were there and he said they talked to him, but not like people talk. Like I said, it was really convoluted and hard to understand, and I have a feeling the cops didn't take most of it down. They ended up just saying that the kid had some kind of amnesia or fugue, and that they didn't think foul play was involved. Doesn't really explain why they came back a week later perfectly fine, without a speck of dirt on him and well fed, but hey, what the cop says goes. So we see here, in the beginning of the story, there is a woman who seems almost possessed to go out to the stairs. In the second one, we see a child that did go the stairs and said that it was like the campfire over and over and says that there were great sounds. Now, one of the stories that didn't have to do with the stairs, search and rescue officer mentions that there was a great loud sound that approached him on one of his times out, and I think it's related to this. The boy saw something absolutely incomprehensible, specifically when he said, like the campfire. Not only that, but he talked about loud noises and kept saying that he was right here and pointing towards his chest. This seems like a very Lovecraftian, or dare I say, biblical creature that is completely indescribable by any sense of the modern realm. Finally, I'll read the final mention of the staircase in this search and rescue thread. This will be my final update for now. Things have deteriorated here to a degree that I didn't foresee. I didn't know how much writing about the things that are happening out here would affect every single part of my life, and maybe that was stupid of me. Maybe I should have considered it more seriously, but honestly I just thought I was writing about things that a few people would want to hear. I didn't think it would get this much attention. People ask me about the stairs now. It doesn't happen every day, but when it does happen I never really know what to say. My bosses know someone's talking about them, and I'm sure that if they know, the higher ups know. And I can tell you that they aren't happy about it. I've been formally told that I am not to speak a word about them to anyone anymore, which is part of the reason this has to be my final update. I can't risk my job for this. As much as it's been wonderful to get a lot of these things off my mind, I still do love my work, and I need to be out here. If anything, my being aware of what's really going on is enough reason to stick it out. I may not be able to tell people that they're out there, but if I see them, I can direct traffic away to somewhere safer. After this, he goes on to discuss other stories, but as far as this thread goes, that is the final mention of the stairs. So, final thoughts on it. It seems that the stairs are a supernatural entity that appear and disappear at random throughout the woods. It is my belief that these are crossovers into dimensions of creatures that reside in the woods, such as that of the Wendigo or the Dogman and things like that, which are all also mentioned throughout the stories. 
Not only that, but it seems that the Forest Service knows about these and try to keep the public quiet on them. Obviously, to both keep it out of media eye, but to continue the revenue for the park services. I know the author said that there is a book in the works, and I hope that comes to fruition because that'd be very interesting to read. But for right now, make of that what you will, come to your own conclusions, and please let me know what you think. Thank you all so much for watching. It really does mean a lot. I know this is a little bit more low effort than things I normally do, but uh, it really means a lot to see all the support. So I want to go ahead and thank my patrons of Huntsman and Above. Thank you, Eddie Shoemaker. Uh, thank you, Kayla. Thank you, Pef. Thank you, Benjamin Allen. And thank you, Tim Freelove. And thank you to all the other people. And thank you, Wendy Goon. <clears throat> Again, folks, if you want to go to his channel, it's on uh, YouTube, of course. W-E-N-D-I-G as in George, O-O-N. And he's got another channel, too, uh, Wendy Gang, or Wendy Gang, W-E-N-D-I-G-A-N-G. Um, I've been writing back and forth with, um, with Windsong, uh, who always gives me lively conversation. I like writing back and forth with her. And um, she was talking about how creepy this is. Yeah, it is creepy, it is, but uh, a lot of spiritual things are creepy, um, unfortunately. But um, she says, I thought perhaps the stairs in the woods could have landed in the woods because of a tornado picking up parts of houses and depositing them miles away. But materials you provide tonight seem to make it seem otherworldly. Yeah, well, I'm supposed that, you know, an odd time or two, you know, a tornado does that. But uh, I think you'd find more stuff laying around. But who knows? You know, so she might have hit the nail on the head uh, in, in one or two or three or four cases, you know. But these things are found all over the world, too. Um, let's see. I think, uh, yeah. And she talked about the um, the story about the little boy, you know, whose organs had been uh, uh, hole-punched, basically, and uh, how sad it was. And it is sad. It really is. Um, but I think what one thing that really um, spoke a lot to me was uh, uh, the fellow that was talking about, uh, he got curious about the stairs when they were out looking for uh, I think it was a young lady and um, and the dogs had a hot beat on her you know uh, when it comes to the scent and uh, so he's anyway it jumps back to him and he's climbing the stairs and um, comes back down because he felt weird up there but then his boss knew right away what happened uh, when he went back he says you went up it you know and you shouldn't have done that anyway uh, and I guess the way he knew is because the dogs all of a sudden had no more scent where the, of where the girl went. Um, almost like him going up those stairs changed reality in some way or not, you know. And uh, that was pretty interesting. Okay, so folks, um, you know, if, if you get a chance, uh, write to me and tell me what you think about or put it down in the comment section and rumble here. Now, what you think about what, what these things could be, you know, are they genuine uh, stairs that are sent from other dimensions to uh, 
facilitate a door to for one dimension to go to another. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Windsong says it's it is creepy day, but it's good that you're telling people about them to warn them. Well, that's what we're here for, and th so thank you for saying that. And uh, Shield Maiden says I've heard about the stairs a number of times, but not to that extent. Well, good. Well, thank you, ladies. I really appreciate when when listeners chime in, you know, and and let me know what they think and uh a lot of times they'll let me know if the sound isn't right and stuff like that and windsong told me tonight that it's fine um so uh anyway thank you ladies uh, you you're always a blessing when you're on with uh with us at a bosley matrix um so folks yeah um all i can say is if you're out in the woods and you find a random pair of stairs um <laughs> don't go up them Okay, I know I would follow the same advice. I wouldn't even go near them to tell you the truth. Um, maybe setting them on fire would be something, but then you know you probably start a forest fire, and yeah, you don't want to do that. But um, anyway, uh, interesting stuff. It really is. Uh, leaves a lot to the imagination, and um, but at the same time, it explains stuff like where where do people disappear to when they get lost out in the woods. You know, maybe they run across a set of these stairs. And another question would be, are these stairs, do they move? Are they are they a permanent fixture right where they are? Or do they get moved uh, maybe uh, a mile away or, or removed from the forest altogether? You know, there's another question that needs to be answered. And, um, but uh, yeah, the one was kind of weird because it talked about the, uh, the stairs actually being carpeted and the carpet looking brand new you know it's like well it's nice to know that the the interdimensional timekeepers uh, uh care enough to replace the carpet on the stairs <laughs> you know it's uh thank you for that guys um so anyway folks i'm going to go ahead and end it here um but i am going to say first that uh again this is something that if you have a firm relationship with yeshua HaMashiach, uh, our Messiah, that uh, you have nothing to worry about. Uh, he would give you the discernment to stay away from these things out in the woods. Okay, and um, if there are creatures that are coming back and forth and to and fro through these things, he will not let them bother you. Um, <laughs> one of the things I do every night, and, you know, uh, you can label me as crazy if you want to. I really don't care, but... Um, I living out in the woods like we do, you know, I I know that there's stuff running around out there that's not good. You know, it's uh and not necessarily talking about um supernatural things, but there's uh raccoons that would like to mess with our chickens, I'm sure, and weasels and and there's black bears running around. We've had them in our yard before. Um cougars lots of those around here and bobcats another one and so when i'm out there putting the chickens away at night which i have to go do here in probably about another 20 minutes um i pray over them that for their safety and stuff like that and the safety of everybody on this property too and um because remember uh in ephesians what it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against uh, spiritual uh oh 
principalities and powers, rulers, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, and there's one more I can't remember. Um, but our, our battle is spiritual, so, um, you know, I pray for protection about that, too. And, um, you know, as, as long as I'm around, um, I'll be praying for things like that to keep the family safe and, and to keep the livestock and wherever we would have here at that time safe. So um, prayer is a very important aspect of our walk with, uh, with Yahweh, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's never a waste of time. So um, if you feel like, you know, if you're out in the woods or something, you feel like something's creepy, stop right there and pray. Stop right there and pray and, and ask Yahweh to take care of you. And I'm just talking if you know him. If you don't, well, maybe you should stop and pray and ask him to come into your life um, so, that, so that when you pray the next prayer for protection, you know, uh, he'll be there to do it. But uh, scripture also says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Okay, so uh, if, if we get out in the woods and we start feeling weird and uh, like we're being watched or whatever, you know, we just need to uh, pray that Yahweh watches over us and protects us and uh, puts his angels next to us to fight for us. And um, it's such a simple thing. And we often forget to ask him for help in, these, in this regard. Yeah, we have no problem asking him for help when we need, uh, need a bill met or... Uh, you know, whatever. But uh, a lot of times when we come up against uh, an adversary um, in the spiritual realm, we forget to pray. And um, it's just as important to pray about those things as it is for anything else. Okay. So prayer changes things and uh, prayer uh, puts us in communication with Yahweh. And uh, and he, uh, he knows what we need before we ask him. So let's remember to ask him for what we need. Um, you can ask him for what you want. I don't know if you'll get it, but what you need, he'll always give to you um, if it's in his timing. So anyway, um, I'm going to bid you fair adieu. I will be back on Thursday. Brian may or may not be here. Uh, if he's not here, he may be here on, let's see, I, I'm, I'm coming back on Thursday. He may, he may be here on Friday, um, depending on, you know, his life situation, what's going on um, or not going on, whatever. But um Anyway, uh, with that having been said, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May he make his face to rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he grant you the peace that passes all of understanding, and may he just bless your socks off the rest of this week. In uh, Yeshua's holy, precious name, amen and amen. Well, thanks, folks. I really enjoyed this tonight. I uh, hope that you got a lot out of it. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, a couple more things I want to read here. Uh, yeah, the place where, uh, where Jacob was when he wrestled or when he saw the ladder is called Bethel, which means house of God. Thank you, Shield, Shield Maiden. Uh, Shield Maiden also says, uh, Cougar is the, is the reason I could never run the unpaved surface when I was lived in Ashland. Um, all the trails were in coug known cougar territory, even in the city limits. Yeah, I know how that is. And Winsong says, be careful, guys, and do pray. Okay. Well, again, thank you, ladies, for being with us tonight. And um, 
folks, uh, Thursday's another day. See you then. God bless you all.